Hello, and welcome back to We've Got Issues. <laughs> you almost said not my tribe. No, well, <laughs> it's our best bit. That's what people come, that's what they come for. I saw the look in your eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, episode 11. 11. And, and have we done one this year? We have. This is our second We've done year. one. We've been on a bit of a hiatus yes. for, you know, various reasons. And now we are back. Okay. And we're uh, going to jump right into to Not My Tribe? Yes, yes. Maybe I was the one who wanted to say not my tribe because it was on my mind. Yeah. Um, yes, I have done a bit of, of um, research myself this week, and I'm going to ask you some questions, and yep. you are going to see if you can answer them. So the game here is NPR style, where she's going to ask me some questions that are from not from what I would normally read because uh, this, her what she what Xanthi focuses on isn't what I usually do. So there go you ahead. Go. And actually, I will tell you, like I actually I I played both sides of the aisle a little bit. Oh, you this, did. This week, yes. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, all right. Question number one for mm-hmm. Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, President Obama, as you may have heard, um, recently unveiled his official presidential portrait for the National Portrait Gallery, or yes. whatever it's called, the President's Gallery at the yes. Smithsonian. Resplendent in leaves. Yeah. yeah. And um, there was a secret coded message that certain people thought that they saw in this painting, which is by Kehinde Wiley, Wiley mm-hmm. who's a, a very well-known um, African-American, gay, male, African-American I artist. See. Okay. Um, is and, that a hint? That might be a hint. And here are the people who saw this message. Um, Infowars. Yes. Alex Jones. Um, pretty sure it was on Breitbart. Right. Definitely reported by Sean Hannity of right. Fox. This is sort of like seeing the penis in the Little Mermaid cover. <laughs> What? You don't know about this? No. Oh, so on the Disney cover of The Little Mermaid, oh. there is there are all these buildings, and one of them looks like a like penis. Like a penis. And so there's all, nobody knows whether that actually was intended to be sure. that or not. But sure. uh, nevertheless, there is, if you want to see it, you can see it. <laughs> but if you just think that that's, a, that's what things are abound. in Atlantis, maybe that's just the way it is. So um, You're on the right track. Right. Okay. So there's a penis? Very close. Um, there's a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think those people would say the I, word it has vagina gr- green, ever. It has ever. green leaves, so um, I don't. Uh, I'm close. Yeah, this wasn't a story that how, that came up be, on your on your you monitoring close, of the alt right. <laughs> close to a penis, but not a penis. Uh, a dildo? <laughs> no. I don't know. I. Don't um, know. I uh, uh, I mean, I really am tempted to give you like half a point because you yeah. are definitely on the right track. Okay. But I'm going to tell you what it really was. What was it? So they claimed to see on President Obama's face sperm cells. Sperm cells? Yes. And the weirdest part of this is there's yeah. actually like a little grain of truth in it, which is that Kehinde Wiley has in previous paintings included pictures of sperm (laughs) hidden in the painting as a comment on masculinity. Now, did he include this on the president of Obama? Sperm. You mean like the little tiny guys? (laughs) Not like not like not like ejaculate, but actually like like blown up pictures like like the little fish. That's why I said sperm cells are not. Not a fish. What is it? Like a tadpole. It looks like Like a little tadpole. tadpole, Exactly. I mean I guess that's what it's Yeah, he has actually included those in other paintings. Okay. And they looked at this painting and you may know that President Obama has a vein uh, on the side, on his temple, like yeah. some people do, and um, they looked at this and they were a hundred percent sure that it that was um, a sperm. sperm, and that it represented even crazier that it represented how foreign leaders treated Obama 
Uh, it was a symbol for, for Obama's humiliation by foreign leaders during his huh. presidency. Interesting. Yeah, this was on Fox. That's an interesting concept because I can see the idea of like, oh, this guy puts sperm in everything as kind of his motif, like that he yeah. kind of he all, puts yeah. that in. Um, but then to kind of go down the route of like, oh, this is, that, that, that's, that's the interpretation. I guess it's really would be the art, whatever the artist thought it was. Um, probably, <laughs> okay. And the artist so is probably not. so well-trained in the liberal arts. Well, the artist himself probably did not intend it to be taken that yeah. way. So that's their interpretation. Of that's it. their interpretation. And in fact, they were 100% wrong since there is in fact no um, sperm on Obama's face. And I will tell you, like I was actually researching the portrait a little <laughs> bit for totally different reasons. And I stumbled down this like I, horrible, nightmarish rabbit hole of right. alt-right memes yeah. about this painting. And I have to say, it turned me off memes altogether. Memes? Really did. It was appalling. It was, this is like the, this is not even the most The whole idea thing. of a meme is a weird thing. Like the, my, you know, the, ki the kids were in my, I was driving a bunch of boys, um, you know, 13, 14, 15, and they were all like looking up memes and laughing at memes yeah. and, and collecting memes. And I, I just think it's a strange... Is it any kind different of, from when we used to tell jokes to each other and the jokes would get passed around? I don't know. I just think it's, uh, I think that those Harvard kids who got kicked out got kicked out because of memes, right? Like they... Racist or, se and yeah, or sexist I think the, ones. Yeah, the problem with it is it like, the, the thing with the memes is like, how far can you push the I mean, envelope? the truth is we always told... Right. I mean, teenagers always are into risky jokes. Right. We definitely told our share of them and heard our share of them as teenagers. No one else knew about it, though. Yeah, right? it's, just, it's just a weird... It's one of the many weird sort of new subcultures yeah. that's out there that yeah. I'm like, huh, that's, that's just sort of... I like. It's a little strange. Yeah. But anyway, so, right, so... So, yes, I can see how you'd be anti-meme. <laughs> it um, really... Yeah. But then you'll I just have one good, one good liberal that. meme and you'll change your mind. I know. That's why I'm saying I think it's yeah. turned me off memes altogether because it really emphasized to me like what a shallow and... I don't know, just... Um, superficial and ugly way it is to interpret the world because they kind of become overwhelming. It's not just like one meme. Yeah. It's thousands of them. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Um, but her emails, that's the one where, yeah. you know, that's the, See, the I great I actually level. Love, oh, I love so that clever one. the way they have the butter and then emails. And like, oh, poor Hillary, butter emails. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I like, the one that, I like the one that's the sign of but her emails uh, like In going morass, under, yeah. underwater. Yeah. yeah. So Andrew, I'm, you came up with one I like. Oh, oh for well one. done. Okay. All right. Uh, next question. Um, I love the Olympics. And we're going to talk about that later. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. Yeah, Andrew, I hate the Olympics. Andrew yes. takes a deep breath. I guess maybe I'm really in a minority on that, but I, I'll tell you um, why. I hate and that. Um, yeah, there was a. So I've been following Olympics news very closely this week. You have? Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, there was a, um, an article published again on Fox News. Um, by their, one of their executives, whose name is John Moody. Okay. Uh, and he wrote an uh, opinion piece okay. complaining um, about something very specific about um, the Olympics and specifically the American perspective on the Olympics. He was very annoyed by something that the U.S. Olympic Committee did. And what, what's this guy's background? Is he's he a, like one of their, he's a Fox News executive. Oh, he's a Fox guy, okay. Yeah. Um, and he proposed an alternate motto, um, mockingly, that he was like, maybe the United States Olympic Committee should should change their motto from whatever it is, faster, higher, stronger, right. to this. And I was wondering if maybe that um, was something that you knew a little bit about. Uh, interesting. I don't. Um, I'm sure it has something to do with diversity for the sake of diversity. Ding, 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 yeah. ding. Very well done. Yeah. Um, yes. But what was the motto? Darker, gayer, different. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. And in fact, what's interesting is that Fox actually pulled his article, so you can't find it anymore. Yeah, that's. I think he went. He definitely went to. Yeah, not just too far. <laughs> I mean, he just you know yeah. obviously had. I definitely recommend that if people are curious about it, Deadspin did a excerpt uh-huh. and a little takedown of it. Um, that's pretty entertaining. Well, it's hard. It's sometimes it's hard to attack. It's it's hard to attack diversity when you feel like diversity is is being used in the service of inequality of some kind or, or is unfair. But it's it's almost impossible to attack that and sound like you're not a racist. And so it's right. And I don't think. And I think in that case, he does sound like he's a homophobic yeah. racist. So I I see why. Um, but I think at the same time, it's a challenging point to make, like the Google guy. Like it's hard to make the case that you know what actually we're, we're doing bad, ourselves some bad things. About we're doing diversity. a disservice when we do this, this, and this. You almost it's very difficult yeah. to make that argument. It's interesting, actually. To me, the most interesting part of the article, which wasn't picked up by any of the places that kind of covered it and mocked him and led to the article being withdrawn, he makes a point where he talks about Jackie Robinson and he says. Um, you know, and let me just read you a little bit of what he said. He said, some breakthroughs in American sports were historic, none more so than Jackie Robinson's in baseball. But Robinson didn't make the majors because he was black. His legendary career occurred in an age of outright racial discrimination because he was better at the game. His legendary career occurred because he was better at the game than almost everyone around him. If someone is denied a slot on a team because of prejudice, that's one thing. Complaining that every team isn't a rainbow of political correctness defeats the purpose of sports, which is competition. So he was like, I feel like people are getting onto the Olympic yeah. teams because they are black or gay or Latino, whatever it is. And he, but, but what was interesting to me about his Jackie Robinson point was he totally misses the point of Jackie Robinson, which is not that there was one great black athlete in the country at that time who yeah. broke through because right. he was amazing. Right. No, that's no. completely missing yeah. the point of Jackie Robinson, right? Yeah, and I just don't feel like there's like all these white guys who are like are the very best, but they're not getting the spot, right? <laughs> like at some level. It's the most ridiculous, but it gave some me some where, insight you know, into the right. into his thought process. And I do think that sometimes. Or all these hetero like figure skaters aren't making the team because, you know, yeah. all these gay skaters yeah, are taking, exactly. taking their spot. It's, it's, yeah, I just don't, I don't see it. But, it, you know. Uh, As you it, said, it's a difficult same, argument to make and he makes it. Poorly. Yeah, he made it poorly. Um, all right. Um, next. This is a little bit quicker one, maybe. Um, someone in uh, America, an American, made a um, staged a protest recently at a sporting event by refusing to stand um, when everyone else around this person um, was standing. And I wondered if you knew who that was. Uh I, I guess it depends on the sporting event, uh, or it helps would help to know the sporting event. Um, it would, but it would also. He refused to stand for the for the same reasons, you know, because he's standing up for racism, or just okay. Here's what I'm going to say. He was protesting something. Oh, he was protesting something. Yes. So here's where I think this is going. Like this is going to be somebody like a Donald Trump, or somebody who is like a right wing guy who was protesting something, and it's going to be the inverse of the Colin Kaepernick, and like how could he do that and be anti Colin Kaepernick? So I'm going to say Donald Trump. You're so good at this. You're really close because it was Mike Pence. Mike Pence. And it was also at the Olympics, which is why I couldn't really tell you what yeah. it was. Uh-huh. Um, and he refused to stand. He was sitting in a box with the um, 
Korean delegation from North and South Korea, actually. So the president of so South Korea... So he refused Korea, to stand because it showed, cause so they when, were playing the unification. Yes. Something about the unification. Yes, so when the unified be, team came in, yeah. everyone else around him stood. And also they're the host country, let's yeah, point out. But not for the American anthem. No. Oh, okay, yeah. No. He was, he, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's an okay stand. That's an okay stand. Like, I'm not going to... I don't have an obligation to stand for the... Russian anthem or the the Chinese, anthem. but it's another thing if I'm not standing for the American anthem, right? Like then I'm saying I don't believe in my own country and I'm, I basically have a patriotic duty. Like right. I don't have to sing the Canadian okay. anthem, okay? But I'll tell you this: I like to sing the Canadian anthem. <laughs> I think the Canadian anthem is a better anthem than the U.S. anthem. Is it O Canada? Oh yeah, it's a, it's it's it. really good. You can just rip it. There's no high parts you miss. No, I mean I think we can all agree that it's the like American national it, anthem is a rough song. You can sing song. it drunk. You can sing it. It's lusty. <laughs> I mean, the Canadians, yeah. you know, they beat us when it comes to anthems. Um, and in other ways, too. In I other would, ways, too, maybe. venture, yeah. But I think their anthem is much better. Anyway. Ooh, controversial yeah. stand, But I have Andrew. no problem with that. I'm sure Pence. we're going to get some Pence hate mail about that. can sit during the Korean unification. Yeah, sure. It looked so deeply hypocritical. Although you make a good it's point not, that it wasn't for his own anthem. It's, yeah. But, like, we're supposed to be trying the, to promote peace in the world. Yeah. And, like, we're supposed yeah. to be actually trying to, like... No. Like like disarm North Korea like and not, not inflame the already unbelievable tensions. It's like the Democrats didn't stand like once during entire Trump's entire State of the Union. Now was that appropriate? Like, well, maybe you know, like at some point, don't you have to sort of stand and say, I respect the office, I respect the president, respect the United States, no. and they didn't stand it once, yeah. and so or clap or whatever. Was it was it treason though? No, it's just. But, and I don't blame them, like they were, that was their view. I guess my point is, I think people are entitled to sit yes. in protest. Yes. And I think it's interesting that when people did that in this country, not only they, but their entire institution and maybe entire race was suddenly under fire for being, for over-politicizing something yeah. that shouldn't be politicized. I actually have no problem, really, with, I mean, it wouldn't be my choice, but it, I do have no problem with people exercising their freedom of speech by sitting in an anthem or wearing a flag. Or, in their, fact, kneeling because jacket. they chose to kneel because it was more respectful. Or even burning a flag. I have no problem. You need to burn a flag. Like, burn a flag. I don't think it means anything. It's a piece of, it's a symbol, and it's a symbol of how you feel, and so that's yes. the kind of speech. So go do it. All right, cool. Um, all right, I can do one more. Um, how many current or former? Trump administration <laughs> officials yeah, uh, are currently under investigation for sexual harassment by agency inspectors. No, this is much more tame. Not roughly. Um, over inappropriate travel expenses, spending taxpayer monies yeah. on. Um, can you say monies? Can you say money? Plural? I think monies is, is correct. Oh, I, I thought it was too. Thank you for monies. that corroboration. Um, on uh, on travel. Well, Mnuchin was certainly okay, somebody who kicked one. that off. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but uh, who else? Um, probably like all of them. Because uh, <laughs> look, the, I think what it is is that Democrats are really looking for anything and the one thing that you can kind of be like, oh, this person went from point A to point B and he did this and this and this. And so I think it's like this thing that they can kind of nail down. Hmm. Um, so you think, I think that's, why, it's you think an that's easy why the Obama, you think that's why, do you think that the, that the Republicans weren't going to go over the Obama The funny thing is, all that? these guys are really rich anyway. Like the ones who are Many using... Many of them. Yeah, and so... Although I think Mnookin's wife uh, yeah, probably well, wishes that he were richer. <laughs> she's on the, you know, ridiculous, like Cruella de Vil side of the world. You know, like there's something about her that she just doesn't get it. But right. Well, we've um, got one so far. But so, all right, so Mnookin, and then I'm just going to guess who else. Um, 
I bet, I'll say five. Damn you, Andrew Boyer. <laughs> you have ridiculous ability to guess things. It is five. Ha! <laughs> it is five, so you're going to get that. I'm going to quickly run down who they are. Okay. Um, Scott Pruitt. Um, uh, EPA. Who flies, who flies all the time, and he flies first class and or chartered. Yeah. Um, what was great about him was he, they asked him, someone was like, why? And he defended it by saying, we live, why he needs extra security. We live in a very toxic environment politically, particularly around issues of the environment. So Did you he, hear his interview? So what he actually was trying to say was, I'm in danger because of the toxic political environment around issues. Yeah. Of the environment, yeah. which, by the way, he well, shows no concerns about making it much more toxic. It's not. That's not the craziest thing to say. I mean, like Greenpeace did does like blow up tankers and stuff like. Like they've done. There are there are these kind of like uh, eco terrorism is a, very, is a real thing. Very weird and inappropriate choice of words. I guess you know. I you did you hear the Pruitt interview that the New York yes. Times did? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I thought this guy oh. basically sounds like. He's, he's basically saying, hey, I'm going to go back to being kind of the 70s EPA. And, and actually, the, you know, I said he made a good case that like if it, that Obama no. overreached with some kind of executive no. orders. I totally disagree is, because I've now heard job. interviews with him and several other people who all say the same thing, which is we're just going to do our jobs. We, we just right. want to we're just law abiding people and we just want to stick to the letter of the law. So he sounded totally reasonable in that interview. But then when you find out that he sued the EPA yeah. 14 times or yeah. whatever it was as the DA of Oklahoma or whatever he was, um, you know, and that he's received unbelievable amounts of money from the oil and gas industry like it stops um seeming so reasonable anyway really quickly uh tom price actually lost his job as secretary of health is. and human services okay so he's yeah he's just medical. another white Wasn't guy you can guys, forget him he was kind of a big bigger guy right i don't even know they all look the and, same to me and he was in a previous administration too i think i don't know i don't think he was he's a doctor oh it's a different guy then. yeah there's another tom yeah. okay go ahead um just interestingly he took 24 private flights between May and September of 2017. Yeah. Guess how many private flights that Obama's um, uh, HHS secretary, Kathleen Sebelius, took in her five years running the agency, Andrew? It's, it is such he a took silly 24. Game. It's just such a silly thing that, that, I mean, by the way, it was silly when conservatives used to do this with Obama, too. Be like, oh my God, he spent half a million dollars to go to Martha's Vineyard. Do you remember that the president ran on a slogan of draining the swamp? Meaning stopping unnecessary yeah. uh, boondoggles yeah. by <laughs> politicians and wasting taxpayer money. Yeah. All right. I, anyway, she took I zero. She took zero private flights. Mm -hmm. Zero. Okay. So Kathleen Sebelius is. She's good. Couldn't didn't didn't know the right people. I guess. <laughs> I guess she did not. She was okay with flying uh, in economy. I guess. Yeah. Um, Shulkin is the latest one. Who's the VA secretary? Never. Okay. Don't know this. Uh, he's. You'll hear more about him because he's probably going to lose his job too. The VA. He's in trouble right now. Yeah. He went to Europe and went swanned around and got free tickets to Wimbledon and then got people to lie, basically his aides to lie and say that he. It sounds like a horrible job working for the for the country. <laughs> like at some point, like. Well, you, you don't do it for the if, perks. If you, exactly. You don't do it for... What do you do it for? Like, everybody hates you. Why you do don't get to people, go to Wimbledon. Why do these people say that they're doing it? You can go to Wimbledon and you just have to buy your own ticket. Right. So you're paid $110,000 a year or whatever it is. You get... Everybody <laughs> yells at you. Um, and uh, you have a very difficult boss, you know, Trump, like, who's going to cut you down and... <laughs> 
you know, behind your back. Like, why would, and you can't even, like, you know, that's, an, that's fly, a great point. Fly a plane, you know. At oh, some point, oh, you can't even charter a you can't even charter a twenty five thousand dollar an hour plane to take you from point A to point B. If your job is if our if those guys' job is so important, right, that they're running the entire environmental policy or whatever, and their time is that valuable, we're just trying to dismantle it. We, all. You know, we we have these private jets for CEOs of Fortune five hundred companies because we're like, oh, that's really those important. are profit making enterprises. Fine, but if if these guys. We really think, oh, Scott Pruitt's job is really important, and what he's doing is important. I think he shouldn't be sitting there waiting in line at the airport for three hours. I actually think that's fine. Like, let's, but let, let's make that. Is, why are these that... people going where? They're being scrutinized by the inspectors right. general of their own agencies for why they needed to take these trips and the means that they use. They got people to like lie and cover up in Shulkin's case. Yeah. You know, why did his wife need to go? She didn't. <laughs> well, the funny thing about the whole thing is that. The job is so bad that there's a presumption of graft because why else would you do it? Yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's exactly the, the problem, which is like we made the job so bad and but so do unattractive. Think, don't you think that there's like jobs that you take because you're idealistic? I mean, all of the reason, all, like Kelly, for example, right? Trump's chief of staff for, but I actually for like five more minutes. don't necessarily do good good work. Like if you got I somebody totally who's... Disagree. I think no, that's like the Jimmy only Carter was kind of an idealist, and, and he was kind of an ethical, moral guy. But he kind of got you kind of get problem with oh, idealists. I'm not saying it's the only them. job; it's not the only skill you need to have to be a good president. I'm yeah. saying you take jobs in government, yeah. not because you're doing it for the money. Right. I mean, this is true doing it for across country. the board. You know, yeah. you're doing it because you think you can make a difference and yes. make things but better. But if they for make people. that job so bad and so unattractive, who's made the and job so scrutinized? Who's made the job bad? I think. Well, clearly the, the Republicans are part of that because they want to just basically reduce the spending in government. So they're they're cutting everything. And then at the same time, I think the media makes it bad by, you know, essentially, essentially you know, scrutinizing every little thing. and every t- You can't even go out to lunch with a lobbyist over $50 without, you know, disclosing it. You think that's and because so- of the media? I think that's because of ethics rules. Or whatever. Like, yeah, okay, fine. So some guy can't take me out to I'm lunch. I'm so fascinated so, that this is your I just think <laughs> I just think that's, I think all that's fine. But at the same time, like, who wants that job? Well, like, if under the job this is, administration, nobody. Right. Or I, This is yeah, a big problem. I just think it's a, um, it's a weird thing. And I think it, the, the reason that you, you do take that job, if you're a serious person, you care about your career, is so that you can then, in two years, you do this horrible job where everybody yes. watches you, everybody hates you. And then in two years, you go make... Six million dollars doing speaking engagements. To me, it's really interesting because I have never, like, I don't think previous cabinet um, positions have been scrutinized as uh, closely, right, as some of these have. And some of that is that the media is watching these people more closely. Honestly, some of it is that these people just keep screwing up so royally that they're, you know, Ryan Zinke rode in on a horse to his first day. Like the Secretary of the Interior, who is also, by the way, um, has has had some insane, insane travel expenses. Wait, so riding in on a horse is? I'm just saying they're drawing he was, attention that he to themselves. He wasn't doing that for transportation reasons. He was own... doing that. He was making a point. Yes. What was his point? Uh, that uh, you tell me. Okay. He's the Secretary of the Interior. He's a cowboy. Okay. He's, out, he's like on the good side old of the Cowboys. Like American values, Montana, yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's anyway, all right. Well, that was. But he paid for the horse, or we, we paid for the horse. <laughs> I just was wondering. I don't know who paid for the horse, but we should totally that find that problem. out. No, okay. no, no. The, the, the horse was unrelated the horse is to okay? the travel You just expenses. don't like the symbolism of the horse. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. 
who paid horse, for the horse. Yeah. All right, uh, listeners, you have your task. Yeah, which we is need to know who paid for Ryan Zinke's horse. This will be our scoop. Who paid it for It sounds like one of those like, trick, trick questions. <laughs> who paid for Ryan Zinke's horse? All right, well, honestly... You astonish me with your ability yeah. to guess, which is really way better. <laughs> well, maybe than it's your transparency. Like I see where you're going. I know where you're gonna go. I want you to. Succeed. There's always like a, it's it's almost like watching like GI Joe cartoons where you're like you, you kind of know what the moral is, <laughs> so you kind of know what the plot is. Or like after school specials. Like right. Yeah, oh, I, I can love say, this. I can see where where it's going. All right, and that's cool. one to grow on. Yeah, yeah good, exactly. excellent. All right, so we have a bunch of topics we're gonna try to tackle today. What shall we talk about first? Um, I thought we were going to. I well, we talked about whether we should talk about this latest <laughs> uh, mass shooting. Yeah, uh, and we kind of agreed that there were parts of it that we really don't want. to discuss because you know yeah. it's a super depressing terribly sad story um and i think we're both on the same side um to some extent right I, i'm uh, pro gun control <laughs> okay and i think we're in a huge um quandary and 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 i don't see an easy solution so right so, so what, was, we, what so we'd start, start sort of said what we would do is we'd say well what if anything is going to change this. Yes, because I think like that's where, you know, the media is definitely heading down this road of like, okay, we've now covered the same kind of story. We've seen the same thing happen yep. with like different details but same overarching terrible tragedy. Yeah. Um what, you know, what can we do? Is anything ever going to change? Do you think so? The stalemate that we seem to have reached in yeah. this country. Um, well, I've seen various ideas kind of floated around this week. Yeah, um, but I've seen those ideas before. Some are new to me. What's the newest idea? What's the best new idea? Uh, so one idea I saw was that teachers should all uh, go on strike or organize in some way, um, you know, refuse to go. One person proposed, you know, teachers should refuse to go into classrooms until, I don't know what, Congress, what that, Congress what is, decides what to do? debate this. Well, you mean sort of like sort of like uh, like the air traffic control? I think Republicans would love that because they can like finally we can get rid of all these teachers. <laughs> <laughs> they would just be like amazing. Thank oh, you, teachers. That's a depressing thought. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I think that's a good idea. And the truth <laughs> is, you know what's fundamentally flawed about it is it's ignoring the fact that there are teachers in red states and there are teachers in blue states, and it's totally possible that some of the teachers in red states or gun rights states, as they would call themselves might actually say, no, I want I want to have my own AR-15 in my desk so that if a shooter comes in, I can yeah. um, defend myself and my classroom. So, so, you, so you think maybe some kind of a mass movement of solidarity? Well, that, I'm trying to solidarity. think along the lines of like, what does would that cut change, across political How does change lines? the policies? How does that actually change the makeup of the, the House or the Senate? Or the president. So obviously voting is the number one right. and the most effective way that you that can do it. Voting. But voting is like, it's not a fair game, right? Because you have um, politicians who are basically being given gigantic campaign donations by the NRA. And you also have the NRA who spent $30 million, I read this week, on the presidential campaign, which is something like six times more than they've ever spent um, on a presidential campaign. And they're influencing voters in all kinds of ways. So they're influencing politicians, but they're also influencing voters through advertising and so forth. So, you know, do I think that someone can do something to muzzle, so to speak, the NRA? It's I don't not about the NRA. I don't see how. Oh I my gosh, about, I absolutely think it is. I don't think it really is. I think that the NRA is given more credit for 
being the kind of the mastermind of this issue than they actually have. I think it's the Second Amendment. I think that there's something built into the country that we have that is a, a bug. We have a bug in the system that we created. I mean, I agree with that, and, absolutely. And, and until you attack the Second Amendment, the, the, you know, the NRA is just, is just something that, like a it's little, a tool. It's around. You know, it's something that grew up to protect. The You're segment. underestimating its effectiveness because if you really do a little like research into the NRA and you do, it's really interesting the but history the of, of the money, NRA. The amount of money no. that they give, I think, is basically people way overestimate the impact that they have on people's voting. The reason that people, those Republicans, vote for the issues in the NRA is not because they get piddling dollars from the NRA. It's because they get millions. It's because okay. their constituents want that yes, and the but, NRA but, can mobilize those constituents right. and get them thrown out of office but Andrew, if, if you do some re- if you do some research you find out that people's attitudes about guns have shifted dramatically yeah. in the last 30 years even even in the last 15 years yeah. and these guns these AR15s like the one that this shooter used in Florida this week these did not used to be guns that civilians would buy and it wasn't because they were illegal. It just wasn't a gun that people were into. And it's become a very, very yeah. popular gun. And I think we have to look at, like, why. Yeah. Why is this gun popular? I, is it because people play more violent video games? More, is it because? Fun. But yeah. what's fun about shooting machine guns? I don't why know. I've never fun? done it, but it's clearly fun. It's clearly something that is fun it's to do. It's fun if you believe it's fun. If someone gave me, I held, I held well, a skeet shooting rifle once in my life and I almost that, threw up. But no, I did. But I you, really that's did. an unusual reaction. I, my, no, I was not the only person who felt that way. I've held no, I don't. I fine. you become acclimatized to it because you enjoy it. And I'm not saying there's something wrong with enjoying shooting a gun. I just think this idea that you use something like an AR-15, people will say like it's really fun. I like to use it for target practice. Yeah, is is, is because fun. they've been taught that. Not yeah. fun to me. No, it's, because I would think about it killing people if right. I had that gun in my hand, and that's why I feel sick. Yeah. Because I think but I'm if you can reframe that, that in your mind, somebody. it's like, oh, I'm killing somebody who's coming in to, you know, take over my country, or you come killing somebody who's coming in to attack my children. Then all of a sudden, that's empowering, and now you're like, oh, look at this, look, this is fun. I'm, I'm killing the bad guys, and so I, I think that there's something empowering about and exciting and but visceral the, about guns. But Andrew, that, you have a background in but advertising, I think they're terrible. and like I think they're you terrible. understand this stuff, and people have been sold this story. Right. So here's an example. Like I think fireworks are really fun. I would like yeah. I think they're kind of dull. For the sake of argument, they're kind of boring. I would like fireworks. I would like to fill my house with fireworks. Yeah. Okay. And shoot them off in my own backyard. Yeah. Okay. I am prevented from doing that. Are you? By the laws in most states, except for a few crazy places. Right. Because you're going to hurt yourself. Or somebody else. Yeah. Okay. But in the South, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm probably in Florida. Um, I, nothing against Florida, it just happens to be a fairly lax state on these kind of regulations. Um, Why is that forbidden to me? It's fun. I really want to shoot off these fireworks. Um, Super fun. It is. It is. It is fun. And uh, you have a right to do all of that, although you have to have a license, I yeah, think. So why is no one going to, why is no one going to that But also fireworks. maybe, arguably, the you know, fireworks disturb other people and maybe they're a fire hazard. Definitely, and, they disturb them way more yeah. than like and gu- and guns. Maybe, and there's nothing in the Constitution that says, by the way, you have a that's right it. to light off fireworks. I have the right to pursue happiness. You do, but and that's fireworks not, make but that's me a happy. limited right. That's a limited right. Whereas... Um, yes, clearly the right to bear right. arms is the right to bear arms unlimited. Could not be more explicit. And look, I, you know, I just I think that's the problem, 
And so can we change so here's that? The only, here's you went to I, law school. Let me give you you three tell ways, me about the Constitution. Three ways I think you could change it. You could tax the hell out of things to make it difficult. That's how we got rid of cigarettes, mm-hmm. right? We basically just made them really expensive. That plus a public health campaign. Yeah, but I think that the public health campaign isn't wasn't nearly as effective as just like, it's like $10 to $15 a pack of cigarettes. And if you're addicted, like that starts to become a real, a real amount of yeah, money. Opioids are cheaper. They are. I know. Um, and you can get them from China in them. But okay, so so taxing one, them is one, one is you just tax, right? And so you, they're not illegal; they're just expensive. Um, I think that's one way to do it. I think uh, it might also people prevent people from you know uh, amassing an arsenal. Like a lot of these people who love guns yeah. have like seventy five yeah. or eighty guns. Yeah, and 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 making ammunition as expensive as expensive okay, as, so as, the, one, as the guns that's one so idea. I think that's maybe the, the best way to take take it on I think um, I think the second way probably is just sort of uh, changing the if you can culturally changing the idea of it so it's just like oh how pathetic like you yeah, like to go it's shoot not guns. fun anymore right so I think if you could if you could do that and just be like where you know you went and shamed everybody at the local rifle range and just being like you know that doesn't work though because liberals have been trying that right. or gun progressives on yeah, who are yeah. for gun but if control there, if there was and a, it actually that totally backfires they, they, they eventually did that with cigarettes too where you're like like oh you know if you have they did but Andrew part of smoker. that was calling the tobacco executives to account and basically preventing them from using advertising which they had been for years and product placement right in movies and TV shows like we grew up with people smoking all the time in well, movies and television maybe you and use that children. influenced maybe us. you use children as like the way you do it so you actually shame them with like because you can't be like hey that six-year-old is telling me you know like what are you doing yeah you, you ridiculous man well you can't be angry at a six-year-old mm. um so maybe that's an effective way okay. you know um but um and there's a third way uh, you know not a, not an easy way like i think maybe there could be sort of a candidacy that's and 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 you know potentially uh that could try but you know it would be something at the level of like reversing prohibition you yeah. know it's that yeah. it's that kind of a a big movement so ground, it, it would ground, have to be a groundswell it would have to be like the temperance movement probably not less like actually ending prohibition but more like starting prohibition yeah like the suffragettes and the temperance movement and like mm-hmm. and pushing for this amendment and and getting power and yeah. and freezing out candidates who didn't believe in it and like that kind of a thing mm-hmm. um I think, but, um, you know, you I know think what's amazing it could be a is big problem. I mean, when you look at, like, what people are actually trying to do, and there are some amazing activists doing so much work on this issue, and I know just the very, very, very tip of it, but if you look at, like, the response to things, you know, people have said, okay, let's not get rid of guns. Let's get rid of bump stocks, right, after the Las Vegas shooting. We should have. Even that has failed. Yeah. Even that, yeah. which seemed like everyone could agree with this tiny thing. And do you know why it fails? It fails because the NRA and the gun manufacturers are terrified that even one tiny, tiny, tiny change is going to eventually lead to their guns being taken away from them. Well, also, I think with the bump stocks and other things, right, like that it's also about the the, the way, the other way that you can, and I didn't mention this, but they did with cigarettes. The other way that you can do this, right, is if you puncture their kind of corporate bail and you get them on legal liability for something. Yes. And I think the bump stocks, that was the worry that like once you say, oh, Mm -hmm. you somehow, you misrepresented what you guys did to the people and then that looks like what they do with cigarettes. Like, oh, you said these were healthy, they're not. And then that's beginning of the end. And so, I mean, and they're right. 
they're totally right. Like, this is definitely the way that it could go. And there's a reason why people were like, let's get bump stocks. But it's just astonishing to me that even the tiniest, tiniest, and I heard a politician, and I missed but who they it see, was. They've seen that movie before, and they're ready for it. Yeah. yeah. I, I heard a politician being interviewed this morning on the radio, and I don't even know who he was, but I'm going to assume he was a Republican from a gun state. Um, and the interviewer said something to him about, um, you know, assault weapons. And he said, this wasn't an assault weapon. And I was like, oh, and that caught my attention because I was like, it wasn't an assault weapon. Right. And then I look, what does AR stand for in AR-15? Automatic rifle? Assault rifle. Assault rifle. Um, anyway. Yeah, well, the according to Because nothing can be automatic. In AR, like, there's a difference between a semi-automatic and an automatic weapon, but they're very easily modified, modded and modified. By a bump And so the actual, like... The actual number of true automatic weapons is very, very small, yeah. and it's like a very rare thing, yeah. but very easy to work around yeah. it. And I so, mean, you know, we make this joke sometimes that, like, yeah, the Second Amendment says that you know we can have. I we, wanted to we talk about have, the Olympics. Uh, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> I, you know, we make a joke that, like, yeah, let's give everybody muskets. Where you have to like, yeah. where you have to like, stuff it full of gunpowder, you know, or you shove have to, the musket ball down inside it. It takes like fifteen minutes to get it ready to shoot one shot. Uh, I'd be all in favor of that. Well, you could. I think there could be sort of also the idea of a technology thing where you essentially mandate that certain types of you know guns can essentially be. You have a right to bear them, but they that can be. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's you and gonna, I aren't going to solve gonna, this it's obviously, not work. but like it's um, a it's a it's a really I, crazy. I actually think situation. there's no there's, like besides those things, and I actually don't think those things would would ever really work. I think it's never going to be solved. I think it's going to be... We're part- just going to continue to be the only country in the entire yeah. world that has these mass yeah. shootings every month. Yeah. Well, there are other countries that have systemic problems that like are part of their culture. It's like, for example, a- I would say like Russia and, and, and alcoholism. Like, is that fair? Like Russia and alcoholism, like they have a systemic cultural problem with alcoholism that's like so deeply ingrained. The difference with alcoholism is you mostly kill yourself. It just feels like I will tell you that I feel that my liberty, that my liberty as an American, is infringed upon by the fact that our government has such loose rules about guns that every time I send my kids to school, I need to worry that some disaffected teenager is going to kill people. Although I would say that the risk isn't that high. It is. It's a lot higher here than it would be if I lived in, say, Canada. I mean, the flu is killing a ton more people. I don't think that's true. The flu has killed a dozen people. The flu is killing like 4,000 people a week. In this, oh, I was going to say in the state. Yeah, no. The flu, the flu is, anyway. I don't, oh God, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a problem, but I think it's a problem that gets a lot of noise and attention. That, um, that and it's, it's something we should fix. It's so stupid that we don't fix it. It's so but ridiculous. It's, but I don't think we will ever fix it. All right, so on to a lighter subject. Can we talk about the Olympics? Yes. I Would hate you, the Olympics. Ironically, you don't even like them, but you want to talk about them. I can't stand them. And, and um, I don't, I know, I'm too strong here. It's not that I... Rain it in, Andrew. Yeah. No, it's just... Okay, one, the Olympics bore me. Like, I feel like I can watch about 30 seconds of some guy going down a hill. <laughs> and and then I'm like, oh, yeah, there that is again. And I've seen it. I saw it, right? And I think the problem is, too, that there's no... With the Olympics, like, there's only one room for, like, one story yes. that you can remember. Like, it's Ty Babylonia, or it's Mark Spitz, or it's, like... The U.S. hockey team, or it's whatever. There's basically only room in all of our tiny brains so for one story. Yeah. And this year, it's Adam. What's his name? He's the story. I think you only think that because I keep posting. No, no, no. Him. He's the story. And then there's also uh, the guy who did a quad is kind of the story, but he didn't. It didn't work out. And um, yeah, we only think that's the story because he's American, right? Or there's usually just one kind. Of, and so, um, so one, I think, kind of the sports are kind of boring, um, and I can't really get. But into it's that. ironic because you love ice hockey. 
So actually, this is a sport that you really love, but you still don't find it engaging but on I, the Olympic level. But the ice hockey now, it's like the Olympic ice hockey would have been fun if like if the NHL players all cared and it was like, or it was all amateur. But now like, I, you know, I don't even know what it is, what you're watching. You're like, wow, why is, um, who is it that beat the U.S. in the first round? I have no uh, idea. Slovenia. It's- why is Slovenia being the United States? Like, that to me just says like, this is not worth my time. Like if Slovenia is beating the United <laughs> States. It would be worth your time if you were Slovenian, presumably. For, if I was Slovenian, I'd be thrilled. But, um, but yeah, I just, so that part of it, okay. I don't quite get. Okay. And, uh, you know, and I think it's like this nationalistic thing that kind of makes me like, well, you know, I think it's good to be into your country and love your country, but at the same time, I just think it's a we're kind of all past that mm-hmm. globally, mm-hmm. and so um, right. and that it also becomes this political thing, and then all the doping stuff I think is really frustrating, which is to say there's going to be there's tons of doping, everybody's doing it. That is not true. Everybody, all the Russians were doing it. No, come yes, on. Yes, yes. They're all, every... They're not. They're constantly being tested, Andrew. Oh, so I think Only that, when the state actually facilitates Personally, I cheating. think all the Olympic athletes are doing it. And then I think there's also this aspect of, like, these people work their whole lives to get to the Olympics. Then, essentially, nobody really cares. And um, okay. and then they lose all the money. Oh, and one more thing. I <laughs> oh think it's God. ridiculous that, like, Andorra gets to... Like, if you live in Andorra, you can be, like... You have, like, a one in... 10,000 chance of going to the Olympics. Yes. And then if you live in the United States, you know, it's... I don't think that's entirely true because it depends on the sport. Not every sport has the right to compete in every... um, Not every country, You would think that this is like the very best of humanity. And it's not. It's like like the people who live in the really small countries and then like, then there's, you know... So anyway, there's like 10 reasons why I hit the Olympics. I'm essentially, like my heart is pounding. Yeah, go, go, go. I'll stop. And I'm going to get letters. Uh, Angry letters about how much Uh, I talked. Uh, no, no, no. It's not that. It's that I love it. You do. I love it. I love it. I love it. I've yeah. loved it since I was a little girl. How many hours do you spend I still on? love it. I'm not going to tell you because that's embarrassing. But I have had a lot of late nights. I'm exhausted. Yeah. It's like a full-time job. You're on top basically. of it all. Yeah. That's I'm not good. because I don't actually follow all the sports. I have a few that are my favorites. And Which I actually one? like the Winter Olympics the most. Your top three sports are? Uh, alpine skiing. Okay. Amazing. Uh-huh. Um, figure skating, which I can't believe I put second because it's really first. Uh, and then I like like I like all the other ones. I like luge. I like bobsled. Luge. I like um, I don't know. Look at that guy doing nothing. He's no, trying to stay his... they're not doing nothing. They're, yeah, nothing they're... that I can perceive. Yeah. I have no idea what he's doing. That's making he's he's, he's standing, risking he's, life and limb. He is. He's going. He's standing. As, as, but no, have you ever seen anyone actually die? Standing. Luge or someone did hurt? die actually in the last oh, uh, Olympics good. in a training. Like event. A good. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's horrible. It's not good. It's no, awful. I'm just saying. My point is, it's a very saying there's nothing to it except. Will he die? That's basically, will he die or, or will he stay very, very stiff and get down to the bottom of the mountain? <laughs> He's steering like he it. Like, he did it. He He's stayed... steering it imperceptibly. Exactly. <laughs> and what's exciting about steering imperceptibly? Nothing. Okay, so um, I might compare it to, say, um, race car driving, which to me, that's how I feel about NASCAR and all these, like, race car driving. I'm like, who cares? Yeah. It's a bunch of people racing around a track. I agree. You can't even see them. You don't know what's going to happen. The only reason that most people watch it is in case there's a crash. I feel the same way about luge, and 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 by the way, I think that's right. Like I think also I think you have to watch the only reason NASCAR NASCAR is interesting is it it's one I think a good drinking pastime because it goes on all day, and two it has a high likelihood of, of fatality. Yes. Okay. Well, on that same basis, then and you should fast. really enjoy luge. And it would scare the hell out of any yes. reasonable person to do it. And, and luge too, and, and bobsled too. But that's not a sport. That's it is. Just, it is. So I actually appreciate. Just, okay. Stop. Stop. Yeah, now my turn. Fine, go. 
I also like that it, I actually do like that it shines a light every, just once every four on years Andorra. on <laughs> things that people do that are, that are exceptional and that are risky and that they're, Hundred percent dedicated to. Yeah. Um. That they get no attention for the Fair rest enough. of the time. I agree. But like in the like, Summer Olympics, the wrestlers, right? Yeah. The the wrestlers sure. are these like super dedicated guys. The rest of the year, these guys are like working at like car washes. Yeah. And and yeah. menial labor. Right. In order to pursue their dream. Right. Of and wrestling. that's what, and that's I, what I do that with the Olympics. Incredibly Olymp- inspiring. I do. Well, I, I just sort of look at the Olympics and I'm like, oh yeah, there's that guy who can flip over. Ten times oh, yeah, in the air on a snowboard. I do like, I do like snowboarding. Too. And then I like I look at it and I'm like, okay, I've seen that. And then oh, and then there's one other thing I hate about the Olympics, right? <laughs> Is that we have this. There's this element because we just see it once every four years and we just see it for a second. There, there's well, this, or, or multiple there's hours. This, in there's my this case. kind of element of it of just like. It's like a chef's tasting menu in a way where you're like, everything you're getting is kind of like, this is the very best this restaurant right, offers. Right. And you kind of taste it. And then after you've had 10 of these things, you're like, ah, oh, that was okay. I like that. And, and like, so these guys are doing these things of enormous perfection. And then like, oh, she missed that landing a little bit. And like right, made a, like right. one little muscle didn't twitch the right way. And we're right. like, ah, oh, so, 8.6. Okay, so and I it's actually, just, it's like ridiculous. I don't disagree with the way that you're characterizing it, but it's funny because to me, that's in, immensely appealing. Do you like going to a I, restaurant and having a tasting menu? No. I. Why not? I don't. Because they're too expensive and I'm way too cheap. Yeah. Um, and also, like, I actually hate sitting in a restaurant for a long period. <laughs> I'm like, well, I want to get in and out. There's something about it that's not like, I, I think it's weird. That, yeah, they are. Yeah, I don't think it's an accurate analogy. I, but the but what you were saying about like how these people like they work, they work, they work, they work, and then like in a split second, it can all be taken away from them. Yeah. I actually find that incredibly compelling because I feel like it's like the 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 joy of victory or what is it the something of victory and the agony of defeat. Yeah. Like. I watch these Olympics and I am on an emotional roller coaster and I think like, you know, and I'll post on Facebook about it and then I have certain friends, <laughs> male friends, who are totally cynical and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe that you're posting about Olympic figure skating again. And I'm like, you know what? You post about football when your football team is yeah. is doing well in a game. Like, this is my Super yeah. Bowl. This is it. my Super I Bowl. I get it. This is what I care about. And yeah. I, and I, and, and I have, I was thinking on the way here, like, more women seem to be into the Olympics than men, uh, and I think research bears that out. Uh, and I was like, why is that? Why do more women seem to like watching the Olympics than men? And the best theory that I've come up with, and I'm curious to hear your take on this, is that men like team sports, mm. and they like to watch team sports, and women um, don't care so much about the team part, and they care about the individual stories of heroism, of sacrifice, of success, of failure. That's totally what I get off on when I watch the yeah. Olympics, is these individual stories. Um, and I don't just want to hear three. I actually have an appetite to hear <laughs> an almost frightening number of them. Um, and it's nothing to do with the team. Like, Team USA, to me, is not the point of watching the Olympics. I hate when they do the medal count, and they're like, this country has 25 gold yeah, yeah. medals. And it's like, that's actually the least appealing part to me. Yeah. It's these individual stories of right. people working their butts off. Right. It's the kind of the, to hall, be the Hallmark Channel stuff they do to kind of be like oh here's this well that is compelling. Yes. It's, you know I think it's the same reason why it's like the voice or America's got, got talent they frame it the same way like oh, here's the journey and here's well, the and triumph honestly, and here's have, the and honestly and like I will say NBC or the people covering the Olympics have overdone that in the past in yeah. the last Olympics it was actually almost unbearable yeah. to watch Where's they're it? doing an awesome job this year I so think, much better I think the reason that men like those team sports is because of, uh, because there's like 
strategy. I know, I'm asking you it's, to think about this off the you know, top it's of strategy. Your it's about strategy and it's about statistics and it's about kind of watching these things develop over time. I don't think and, that's it. And kind of putting yourself, well, and kind of putting yourself in the coach's kind of thing and like, oh, should you trade that guy? So there's this kind of continuing narrative, this like, that over seasons where you're like, oh, the Rangers have this this year and then blah, blah, blah. And you kind of have this, yeah, I don't this think that's stored history and nope. you kind of go back to it. <laughs> no, Whereas, there's tons of strategy in the Olympics too. Like even figure skating, which I know people who don't like it will write it off as like, whoa, it's ballet on ice. Like there's actually unbelievable strategy and thinking about like what jump should you do and how many points will it get and should you try it this way or should you try it that way. I think it has much more to do with allegiance and wanting to feel like you belong to something and I think men have these incredibly strong and some women um, incredibly strong allegiances to teams like you they're so emotional about them I think, about I think them. teams matter um, but I think but but there I think men for example are just as interested in say tennis as women are like so you know you might like men probably root for a Federer as much I as women. I was hoping you wouldn't bring up tennis. <laughs> right? Why? Well, because that is the perfect counter argument, like as an individual sport. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. That, I, so I don't think it's just the team. I think it's uh, this aspect of a story and a narrative, but it's a different kind of story. I think with the... It's with, an individual the, story the Olympics, versus a collective story. And the Olympics, I always feel like it's always the same story. It's always this story about this little I mean, I feel, am, this little person who did got up every morning at 5 a.m. to do this thing that they were passionate about yeah. and gave up all these other things and then made it to the Olympics. And this is the first time you're ever going to hear about her and you're never going to hear about her again. So let's celebrate her but moment. To me, that's so much more admirable. Like, you know, yeah, no, I, I have, I have a, friends who, are, who are Tom Brady haters and I have friends who are Tom Brady admirers and they have been known to interact with each other on my Facebook page. It's a snowflake story. Um, It's what it is. No, no. It's this idea that like, and when they, but but the Tom Brady story is that exact story, which is he, you know, worked really hard. He was cut from this. He didn't make that team. He had to work his way up. He was, you know, not drafted. I don't even know. But that's not the part about Tom Brady that I find interesting. No, 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 no. But then, you know, he made it and it's through his dedication and his hard work and his sacrifice and his team leadership that he made it right to where he made it. Can I say like, why crass? is that a more interesting story? Can I say something crass now? I don't know. That story is for women, so that the women will like football. That's what that story is all about. You don't think men like Tom Brady for that reason? They, you I think, think they just like him because he throws the football really well. I think men like the, like thinking about because he's married to Giselle Bunch. No, nobody cares about that. They care. They they're all about what plays he's running and what his strategy is and how he can see the field and he can see this guy and that right, guy and right. how he can execute on that. So when men are watching Tom Brady, do they how, like, imagine, like do they, imagine they are Tom Brady? Or I think they imagine they're Belichick. I think that men watch football thinking I'm Belichick. That they're the coach? You're the coach. Oh my God, now I'm going to ask every man this. This no, is fascinating. A good question, but that's and by I mean. the way, I'm, that is a very interesting point about whether that Tom Brady story is it's for, it's for, for women. You. That's for you. That's possible. I mean, that's possible. I mean, who knows? So, men, uh, my, my male, my male Tom Brady fans, you let me know what yeah. you think. What you think of that theory? Yeah, it's not about him overcoming blah blah blah. It's about how he wins. That's what's so interesting, I think, to me. To me, and I'm not into football at all, but that's that. I think that's what's interesting about football. It's, wow, you know, how they choose the plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this has gotten contentious, but fun. <laughs> There's some yelling, I feel like. I know. Did we yell? We I hope it didn't get too loud. Uh, I think that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you. If you listened to this far, if you did, uh, say, hey, I listened to this all the way to the end, and we'll be Oh, and tell us you. And tell us what you think about whether the Tom Brady um, story is, and if you, is for girls only. If you can solve the gun crisis, go ahead and let us know how yeah, to do please. that. Because we certainly haven't talked enough about that. And uh, other than that, we'll see you next time.